You're listening to Quick and Dirty History, the show about American history on the go. This episode of Quick and Dirty History is brought to you by Stickin' It to the Man. Excellent! If there's one thing America is really top-notch at, it's taking it to the streets and having a rebellion. It's kind of our thing. I mean, there wouldn't even be a United States without it. When things aren't going so well, it's our style to rebel. Thomas Jefferson stated that the tree of liberty must be refreshed from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. It is its natural manure. He thought that a little rebellion every 20 years or so served in order to preserve the freedoms and liberties of the people. In this case, he was referring to Shays' Rebellion. So, here's what happened. In Massachusetts, September 1786, the mental, emotional, and for many, physical wounds of the American Revolutionary War had far from healed. Many Patriot soldiers had not remotely been compensated for their efforts in securing independence from Great Britain. As these ex-soldiers returned to their farms, they expected the country that they had helped build with bloodshed to take care of them. Due to the depression the young country was in, many of these farmers had debts or state taxes that they couldn't pay. And as a result, their properties were being seized by the state government. Other folks were being thrown in prison. The protests over treatment of these farmers began in pretty peaceful ways. They demonstrated in the streets and wrote petitions to the government asking for assistance. Keeping in mind, there wouldn't even be a government had many of these farmers not fought a war to secure one. After all they had done, these farmers' liberties were under attack and their voices were not being heard. The farmers were upset that they were being forced against their will to pay unjust taxes. Huh, doesn't that sound familiar? It's one of the reasons we fought a war with Great Britain for independence just a handful of years earlier. Unfair taxes is something you hear a lot about in today's America, too. Hmm, there must be a theme here. Daniel Shays had been a captain in the Revolutionary War and was a pretty badass dude. He'd been part of some of the greatest hits of the American Revolution, like Lexington and Concord, Bunker Hill, and Saratoga. He and his mob of upset farmers were about to make a statement about how the government should work. It should work for the people. The mob successfully closed down the courts, demanding they have liberty. Then, in January, Shays and his followers marched on a Massachusetts arsenal owned by the central government. Since there was no national army to defend United States property, Congress called for about 800 militia soldiers to stop the uprising. Uh, this didn't work out very well because the Massachusetts militia agreed with Daniel Shays and the mob. Essentially, the militia soldiers told the Confederation Congress to go beat some sand. They were not about to stop their fellow statesmen. Then, Congress asked the states for about a half million dollars to raise an army to go fight the rebellion, to which they were pretty much told to go beat some more sand, and only Virginia responded. Goes to show how much power the federal government had at the time. Like squat. To protect themselves from the mob, a bunch of entitled rich elite Massachusetts lawyers and merchants dropped a bunch of coin and started their own little army to suppress the rebellion. This rich dude crowdfunded army was led by the former Continental Army General Benjamin Lincoln. 
There ended up being a few battles, and a bunch of soldiers in Shay's mob, as well as the rich dude-funded army, killed or wounded. What actually resolved everything had less to do with bullets and more to do with an economic upturn, which made a lot of the farmers' debt easier to pay. So the soldiers kind of just went home and faced the consequences, or ran off to other states. Whatever happened to Daniel Shays, you may ask? Well, he split to the Independent Republic of Vermont. What the Little Rebellion ended up doing was shining light on the fact that the Congress and the Confederation government were a bunch of powerless punks. Those nationalists who wanted a big government turned Shays Rebellion into a stellar PR tool for the creation of a strong federal government. The rich elite of the young country were afraid of continued uprisings and saw a large, powerful government as the best way to protect themselves. The Constitutional Convention that would end up meeting in Philadelphia, of course, was not full of farmers, but rich, elitist, strong government advocates. The growing divide between those who wanted a big federal government and those who wanted strong state governments with a loosely knit central government became very deep. The big government folks were known as Federalists, and those who desired a pretty small federal government were known as Anti-Federalists. Shays' Rebellion had fueled the fire of division in the young United States of America, a fire which burns in Washington, D.C. even today. 